What's up, everyone, and welcome to Raise the Geek, your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, let's talk the Moon Knight premiere, our first peek in the supernatural corner of the MCU. We're also going to talk about Bruce Willis retiring, Obi-Wan himself makes an announcement, and PlayStation Plus tries to compete with Game Pass. That and so much more this week. But as always, by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. And we are back. Episode 50. We made it. 50 episodes. Here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today? My friend, yes. Episode 50. It's it's a milestone episode, man. Even though we just uh, had our one-year celebration an episode ago or two, a couple episodes ago, maybe. But, um, man, 50 is a nice milestone, too. You know, yeah. it's a nice round number. Usually people look at that like, wow, you could tell someone we've done 50 podcast episodes like, whoa, you guys are professional. No, we're not. No, nowhere close. But uh, we're just yeah, having tell fun. Tell them that. You're just like, <laughs> yes. Yes. 50 episodes. Praise me. Praise me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good. I'm good. Everything's OK. Uh, busy week like usual. But um, I wanted to start off by asking you about are you aware that San Antonio, your hometown? Mm-hmm. is in the news for scandalous reasons no are you aware of this i'm aware of nothing okay uh no i'm just not really scandalous but i did hear san antonio in this funny news story i just wanted to run it by you and see if people were talking about this in your town right now there's like okay so for those who watch college basketball you know this weekend is the final four and um college basketball fans you know a big game in this final four this weekend is duke versus north carolina which is like the probably the biggest rivalry in college basketball you can think of it's basically like yankees red Sox, or or bears packers or whatever you want to say that's college basketball's rivalry game and they've never met in the final four before so this is like a huge thing right and uh i think the final four tomorrow is being held in new orleans all right. So I heard this on the radio this morning. There's this country music singer. Now, I'm not a country music fan by any means, but I mean, I did kind of grow up with it. My mom and your mom love that stuff. We listen to like Randy Travis as kids. I still love Randy Travis. You, you know, everybody was walking down the, the Chattahoochee with Alan Jackson when we were kids. <laughs> I'm digging up bones. That's my favorite <laughs> oh, man. But anyway. Uh, final four. Yes. What I was well, anyway, country music star Eric Church is a name that even me as a country music fan, I know that name just for some reason that he's like this huge country music star. I guess he's a lifelong um, North Carolina Tar Heels fan. So this is like the game you have to see. It could be Coach K's last game, blah, blah, blah. It's a huge game. And him being a lifelong fan, he said he's going to that, but he had a concert scheduled in San Antonio Saturday, like at the same time at your at your basketball arena where the Spurs play. Mm -hmm. So he basically canceled this concert just to go watch this basketball game. So he announced it to his fans and he's like, I'm sorry, this is like the most selfish thing I've ever done, but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. I'm like a huge basketball fan and i basically have to cancel this concert and his his fans have been like coming at him saying he's he's selfish and phony and people are like we're flying in from canada we made plans we booked hotels and airlines and i just thought it was so crazy and i started thinking about it like is he in the right or is he in the wrong like you put yourself in that situation you're a lifelong fan man this is your team this is the only chance you'll ever get to see this game but at the same time, do you have a responsibility to your fans to not do that? Like, is that fair or foul, man? And is San Antonio talking about this? I need to know. I need the inside scoop. Yeah, I, I'm i out of that circle, so I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you exactly if it's happening or what they're talking about. I didn't hear anybody talking about it, but it's kind of bogus. <laughs> right? Um, I thought so, too. I thought so, too, but 
man, it's weird. Cause I, I'm like, well, put yourself in that situation. What if it's like the Cubs game seven or something? If I'm putting myself in that and yeah. I had an opportunity, like, do you, what do you do? You know what I would do? What's I would that? not tell, say why I'm going. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. I mean, but, kudos to him that he wanted to be like super truthful and be like, hey, this is where I'm going and this is what I am. But I mean, just be like, hey, we're going to reschedule for the like, I don't know. I come up with a plan yeah. as to when I'm going to make it make good. Right. And uh, the only problem with that is like he's a super famous person. So if he didn't say that and then all of a sudden they turn on the TV and he's sitting front row. <laughs> like that'd be the game other thing, night. Yeah. He'd need to be like <laughs> watching from the rafters, like the Phantom of the Opera. Right. There's no way he can hide it. And then like a follow up, he said he I guess today he's like he's going to make it up to them by putting on a, another free show. If you were a ticket holder in San Antonio, but not in San Antonio, like halfway between San Antonio and Austin at a venue that only holds about a thousand people instead of the giant arena, which holds tens of thousands of people mm -hmm. like you're not all those people are going to be able to come to that. So that's not really making it up to everybody. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It, it was just yeah, that's funny. not a that's not a a decent trade I, I, I think they're playing know. at it's that's not gonna yeah it's not gonna work too well i just didn't know if san antonio was all abuzz with i'm that sure they are but i'm sure they're just you're just out of that country music scandalous loop i'm out of the news loop i'm out of the <laughs> scandalous loop i'm out of everything but you know what i couldn't not hear about this week what's that you know what it is obligatory we got to mention <laughs> it because we're a podcast right Pop culture moment, the biggest pop culture, pop culture moment, moment of the week. Or Will Smith slapped Chris Rock <laughs> in the face at the Oscars. Uh, what did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> Slap. <laughs> yeah, man. So before you turn us off, because you're tired of hearing about this, <laughs> I really have nothing to say about that moment. My question that oh. came out from it was thinking about it back is hearing the week that we've had where everybody has just talked about that moment. Did anything else happen at the Oscars? listen man from my perspective I'll, I'll explain it to you because i think I, i'm the one who originally told sent you a text about it because i yep. did actually have the oscars on and it's not because i was wanting to watch them it's just because me and my wife had gotten home from dinner that night celebrating our wedding anniversary and i just looked and it was the first thing that popped up when we turned on the tv i was like ah let me just flip this on real quick and like 10 minutes later the whole slap thing happened which like you said, I'm I'm with you. I don't have much to say on it that people haven't said. It kind of just like captured the entire zeitgeist of the world for about a day. And I just am really tired of it. Yeah. Uh, it was just because it's so ridiculous and just wrong. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, to answer the, the other question you had, do the Oscars matter? Not to me. Not really. I just turned it on on a whim because it was on, not because I even wanted to watch it. Like most of the movies that were nominated this year, I haven't seen or don't really care about i don't think the oscars are really for me and i'm just not like a the films they want to talk about are just not the films that i primarily will go to see i will see some of them like a lot of it just doesn't speak to me anymore and i don't know man i was going through a list of oscar winners before we had started recording this podcast trying to see what was the last movie that won an oscar that i actually like cared cared about Mm -hmm. And I mean, I thought Parasite was good a couple years ago. And, and then you got to go back a few more years and Birdman was one I was excited for. But then like the last one I really cared about, I, I wanted to see No Country for Old Men. And how many years ago is that already? Like 2007. So just like these movies every year, just like, uh, I don't know. The whole award ceremony thing to me is just something that doesn't appeal to me too much. Like any kind of award, Oscars, Emmys, Grammys. I'm just not that. I'm not that guy. No, know. it's not that it's not that interesting. And yeah, I mean, I remember used to love it. I remember like I still remember in like 97 for the Oscars that we went to like the dollar theater. Like we made it our mission to see all five movies yeah. that were nominated. And now, like, now that sounds easy now. Now it's like, oh, yeah, just rent them, you know, digitally. No, no, no. 97. You couldn't just rent <laughs> movies. We had to go find a theater that played them. Yeah. And take the time to go do it. You had to put effort in to go see five movies when 97, when we were what, 14 or 15, whatever we were. Yeah. Um, so, and I remember that we sat there and cause that was the year that it was like LA confidential. I think that was the year with Titanic, but it was like Titanic LA confidential. 
Um, it's as I got the list right here. It was Titanic, L.A. Confidential, as good as it gets, The Full Monty, and Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, like all movies that just feel different than the movies we get today. Like, you know what I mean? Just yep. something feels different about it. Those movies all just feel more accessible. Like a lot of the movies that get nominated nowadays, I'm sure they're all fine films and great films, but just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the like huge art house movie guy who goes, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. It's hard like, to yeah, those movies that you just named were all big movies. Like right. they're all starring people that we know they were all had their theatrical run. We all knew what they were before they were nominated. Right. You know, like they had that moment and they were just the best of what came out that year. And now it's like you have these, they just make movies that are like Oscar bait where they're just like, oh, well, it's really good. It tells a good message. It's whatever it is. But then you're like, it's not accessible. Half of the time, it's not even played in a way for anyone to see it. It's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, man, I'm just not huge on the awards season. It just kind of feels like a millionaires and billionaires patting each other on the back and i don't need to tune in for three hours on my sunday night for that no so. especially not on a sunday i gotta work monday i ain't got time <laughs> exactly for that. ain't got time for that i don't think if that moment didn't happen i don't think anyone would have talked about the oscars yeah i don't probably the monday morning probably not same thing as a couple years ago when they like got the wrong movie Remember that Moonlight La La fiasco? Poor La La Land. <laughs> La La Land and Moonlight fiasco. That's what everyone was talking about then. This year, it's everyone's talking about the slap. Like, so you guys don't even care except for these uh, crazy pop culture moments. Like the movies part isn't what interests people. It's let's see, let's see actors gone wild. It's sad. It's sad. It is sad moment. But no more sadness. No more sadness, Don. We're here to talk about all kinds of news. All oh, kinds yeah. of Moon Knight premiere because we're here. Supernatural is here. We want to make sure you don't miss anything. So make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast on all podcast social media services. Thank you once again for checking out 50 episodes of Raised a Geek as well as a plus of extra ones. We have a lot of cool stuff coming, so make sure you don't miss anything. That's why, like we said, like, subscribe, follow. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at Raised a Geek or shoot us an email at raisedageek at gmail.com. Well said, my friend. Well said. Said it better this week than I do other weeks. <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit more grounded. There you or maybe are. I need to make sure I'm drinking when I do this. Maybe, maybe cleared head Chris is, is no good. A beer is a prerequisite, my friend. Just just always have one ready. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Let's jump into some of the big stories that broke this week that we wanted to at least talk about for your educational experience. The first one was they finally, Sony PlayStation finally announced their fighter. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. Their, their opponent for Game Pass. Basically, basically their answer to Game Pass. Their answer to Game Pass. That's what I was looking for. I was trying to do it in a fighting term. Their answer <laughs> to the Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass, which is basically PlayStation Plus, which is currently what they currently have, but they've added tiers, Don. Tears, mm, tears, not tears, tears, not tears like that fall from your eyes. We're talking levels here. Tears, well, levels. If this doesn't work for Sony, then there's probably going to be some tears <laughs> falling out of eyes for somebody whoever thought this was a good idea. But yeah. I'm going to tell you about what their tiers are, what they encompass, and then I'm curious what you think you're going to do. Which tier are you going for? Because right now we are both PlayStation Plus, what is now known as Essential tier which is basically the exact same thing that we're getting now, where you get two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage, online multiplayer. Nothing changes if we just decide we don't want to even pay attention to the tiers. So this costs $60 a year. And it, they have monthly and quarterly prices. I'm not going to talk about that because it's cheaper sure, to go sure. the year. Just do it the year. We're going to streamline it. Tier number two, PlayStation Plus Extra. So it provides everything of regular, but they're going to add a catalog of up to 400 asterisks of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. And uh, games in the extra tier are downloadable for play, and that one's going to be $100 a year. So you're looking at a $40 increase to basically have access to 400-plus games added mm -hmm. to streaming. Um, and then they have the premium platform. And for this one, you basically get everything 
included in the previous tiers, but they're going to add another 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming and a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP. Um, it's also going to offer clean cloud streaming access for original PS1, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games that are offered in the extra and premium tiers. And customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles. And they're also going to offer up time limited time game trials, which will be offered in this tier. So you can try before you buy. And that one's going to be an extra $20 coming, ringing you in at $119.99 for the year. Whew. Just just under 120. That's for the, all you rich people out there who, yeah, yeah, you're rich and you got money to burn, money to burn. So, which you care about these tears, Don? <laughs> Not really. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll probably I'll have to look deeper into the exact offerings that are being presented when this kind of mm-hmm. changes over. Um, I don't know. Nothing about this really screamed at me like i have to have to jump at the top uh top level or middle level or bottom level or make my decision now like definitely not gonna uh jump at anything gonna have to do my research but i don't know it seems like they're kind of just combining the playstation plus with playstation now into kind of just one one service kind of a deal uh i'm sure it'll be fine and i'm sure i'll participate i mean you have to at least have the lowest level to play online and do a lot of different things so yeah so it's like it's like i'm gonna keep my playstation plus which is now essential so i'm already spending 60 bucks a year so then it comes down to when it comes time for me to renew what does it look like for that extra 40 bucks right so if i'm looking at this catalog of 400 games and there's stuff in there that i'm like oh i want to play all of these things then okay it's worth 40 bucks but i don't know without seeing a list of games it's hard to tell yeah, I saw somewhere that like it's that's still not going to include like the PlayStation exclusive games or something. Not at launch. Um, so not at like, launch. Yeah, yeah, Game Pass gives you all Microsoft games day one. Exactly. So that's the big difference. But look at so, Microsoft exclusive games day one. Right. I mean, no one's going to buy them anyway, unless you're Halo or Gears of War. Exactly. So Sony's being smart, probably in that way, but it still is kind of like, oh, OK, that's kind of a downer, but. I understand what they're doing. They know that their biggest money makers are their exclusive games. Yes. So they're going to kind of keep them the way they are and get as much money as possible. Yeah, I don't know, man. Business. Yeah. It was just interesting to see this drop. We'll see. We'll kind of see what comes of it, I guess. Do you find it interesting that they're locking the backwards compatible or the like classic games behind the most expensive tier? Do I find it interesting? Yeah. Like the, well, the oldest games are the ones that you're paying the most premium price for because you get PS4, you get 400 PS4 and PS5 games for the hundred dollars. But if you spend mm-hmm. another 20, you get PS1, PS2, uh, PSP. Yeah. So it's it is, like, it is interesting. I think it kind of speaks to people like um, being so interested in playing the old games that they remember, like nostalgia really kicks in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, I haven't played that PlayStation 1 game I loved in so long. Like, I want to play Parasite Eve or whatever game you're thinking of, like, that you really just have such fond memories of playing years and years ago. And maybe this is your first time thinking about that game for since so long. So those games, I can see they could be more appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's smart. And no, it doesn't really surprise me, I guess. Next up, we have a public service announcement given to us by Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. He stepped out of the screen in front of another screen on YouTube and told (laughs) the world that Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show, limited series, Disney Plus, has been delayed. No, not a delay. Two days, Don. Oh, no. Two Two whole days. It's moved from Wednesday, May 25th to Friday, May 27th, and... They're going to drop two episodes on May 27th now because apparently they were only going to do one on the 25th. Uh-huh. So there's something shifted and now we're getting Obi-Wan a couple days later, but we're getting a bonus episode. Yeah. Interesting little nugget. Just a little fun thing. I think Disney plus originally was doing their shows on Fridays. So I guess this is just a return to Friday. No big deal. 
uh, makes it easy to watch. Most people watch the stuff on the weekend anyway, so that's probably not a big deal for people. The, the main thing is, yes, two episodes instead of one. I'm for that. I like that model. They did that with Hawkeye. Um, and I just liked having two, you know, back to back. It just made it, you know, you could kind of sit down and settle in and be like, all right, two episodes back to back. Let's do it. Um, so I'm always a fan of that. Two is better than one. So Unless yeah, Jupiter's legacy. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, yeah, man, I'm for, I'm for it. Two Obi-Wans. I'll take it. I'm ready. And I, and I found out today I'm going to be traveling on that Wednesday anyway. So it's better. Granted, maybe sitting in an airport, maybe watching a couple Obi-Wans on my iPad would be uh, would be fun. But alas, maybe I'll have to watch, yeah, man. you know, the prequel trilogy again and get myself pumped up for Obi-Wan. We both know you're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm, I was. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I tried to watch those not too long ago and they're unwatchable. Too many. Not going to happen. And the last up, I guess I lied when I said we weren't going to say it, talk about anything sad anymore. Liar. I did lie because I forgot we were going to talk about Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce yeah. Willis is stepping away from acting. It was announced this week from his uh, eldest daughter. She put out a heartfelt Instagram, Instagram, Jesus, Instagram post, mm-hmm. um, basically saying that, um, he has been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a cognitive disease, um, which basically impacts his ability to understand language, speech, speech yeah. and, uh, and written words. So obviously as an actor, that proves to be very hard. So he's stepping away, he just turned 67. And obviously Bruce Willis has been a part, especially if you grew up in the eighties and nineties, he's been a part of your life. And obviously John McClain, you know, Die Hard, the the greatest Christmas movie ever that I watch every year for Christmas and will continue to do so. But I mean, controversial take, controversial take. But I mean, Bruce Willis has been, you know, a mainstay in action Mm. cinema for us for our entire childhood. So it's super sad to see him kind of have to be forced to give up a career that he's loved doing because of, you know, stupid disorder you know illness just kind of getting in the way and messing stuff up yeah man it is it was really sad when i saw that we 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 watch these celebrities and whatever but then we forget their people who like still have to deal with things and then when you see something you know a misfortune come upon somebody you like it's like oh man that's sucks puts things in perspective and it's brutal yeah man like you said bruce willis an iconic action star and just basically movie star for the past however many decades mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty sad i want to and you said john mcclain which is like the role that he's known for mostly people know just that movie is just a uh mainstay for action fans but like besides that just off the top of your head favorite bruce willis movie besides die hard besides i know die it's hard. hard it's hard because there's so many i know He's he's been in a lot of stuff, man, and and a lot of like supporting roles with big cast too. So like you can even include those. It's hard. Oh, I know, I know. I'm sitting here like Armageddon. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to even just think about. There's so many yeah. to think about. It's hard to even pull out. I should have been better prepared for this question. And uh... it is hard. So I shouldn't have asked it that way because there can't be a favorite. <laughs> but he, he he just has a ton, man. Like did you did pulp, you have one in mind? As I'm no like Pulp Fiction. He was great, of course. Of course. I was thinking like the Sin City movies. I loved him in in that. Six Sense. Uh, Six Sense, Unbreakable. Um, oh God, I love Unbreakable. Yeah, M Night Shyamalan's best two movies have Bruce Willis in them. Uh, just a ton of stuff, man. Dark Horse for me. I put it on Twitter a few days ago when this came out with like the whole nine yards. I love that movie. Dude, I was and just I don't know looking why. at that one. I pulled I up a list <laughs> just trying to understand. And yeah, the... I, can't ex- I can't explain my love for the whole nine yards, but it's there. And uh, man, he's just been in a lot of great stuff. So, um, oh yeah, I yeah, I just and I just went through a Bruce Willis phase. I was watching. I watched Hudson Hawk for the first time. Yeah. I never saw that movie. I never saw the Last Boy Scout. Watched that one for the first time. Um, that was good stuff. Um, one of the ones that I always uh, forget about Twelve Monkeys is probably sure. Yeah, that's up there. Probably up there in one of his his better ones. And the Fifth Element. You can't not talk yeah, about. The I was Fifth I Element. was just thinking that um, Fifth Element, man. Fifth Element was was awesome, and and I mean when you hit the '90s, and I mean his his just string man, he was like in the Jackal, which was a, which was an underrated, pretty solid like spy caper. 
Oh, I saw uh, that in theaters. I think oh, we did I'm, it together. Oh, yeah, we, I'm sure we saw it together. <laughs> but if there was a movie in the 90s that came out, chances are we saw it together. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I think when you're looking at, you know, um, Unbreakable, obviously the Die Hard movies. I mean, those are... I can, yeah, I'll, like, I'll, I'll give it a pass one. all the way through four. I can tolerate, but yeah, but yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, 100%. I mean, legendary career. Mm-hmm. A shame to see it go this way. Um, he's obviously dived into direct to dvd direct to video movies and sequels and uh things now and it was one of those things i made a comment last week about waiting for bruce willis to pop up in halo because it just seems like the type of movie he does now and now we you know sadly know that's kind of what he's been doing i i I read a few months ago i was looking up bruce willis for something and i fell into some reddit hole and someone there were a bunch of reports and people talking about how like bruce willis was struggling with this type of thing and i just thought it was nonsense writing so it's sad to see that that actually kind of came true where he was you know struggles on some of these movie sets and stuff so it's like i said sad to see it go that way but he has i mean nothing to look down about this i mean it's a hell of a nobody nobody's gonna have a career like this ever again no yeah you can't take anything away from him man it's it's, he made his mark on hollywood and luckily we have all his entire library of movies to appreciate throughout the years to you know raise one up for a hell of a career absolutely absolutely so hopefully he can rest and hang out with his family and hopefully there's you know i I don't know much about aphasia hopefully there's some treatments and who knows maybe we'll maybe we'll get a, a another bruce willis cameo in something in the future and maybe we'll do a bruce willis episode here we might have to watch some bruce willis as a tribute we might have to watch some bruce willis movies and if you have a favorite bruce willis movie that you'd love to hear us talk about hit us up over on twitter at raised a geek but now it's time for us to shift over to moon Knight. what we are all here to listen to us talk about because i know you've been sitting there going all right guys all right get to moon night to moon night get to moon night so we're going to get there but before we do we want to make sure you know that this episode of raised a geek the 50th one is sponsored by anchor.fm the mcu is back on disney plus in the form of moon knight finally also in the form of oscar isaacs who's stepping into the robes of the moon knight for this limited series six episode arc and that's apparently all his contracts is for is Moon Knight. Yeah. He's got these six episodes and he's out. And he's back to a free, not necessarily out, just not locked in. I think that goes back to, did you see that story a while back that like they were, Marvel was done giving out these huge contracts of like, yeah, yeah. of locking people in like, you have to do 10 appearances, you are locked in. I don't think they're, I don't think they want to do that anymore, but. You just assume these actors want want to do the do more movies. So I don't know. See how you would think. I mean, you would think if they wanted to do more with these characters, then you'd want to lock them down because now if they want to do more Moon Knight, Oscar Isaacs, they're going to pay him more money. Maybe. Yeah, I guess they don't care. They print their own money. Yeah, they, they're they're uh, they're like a, their own bank. They don't need to worry about money. I know they have more money than the, than the government does. They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Premiere episode was on Wednesday night, and uh, I enjoyed this episode, Don. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, man. Moon Knight is a thing. It's finally here. Um, <clears throat> there was a while there where we didn't know what the fir- uh, next MCU show was going to be. This one just kind of popped up a few months ago with a trailer, and yeah, man, here we are at the end of May with Moon Knight, yep. and uh, I'm with you. I really enjoyed this, too. Um, I think it's interesting that it's the first Disney plus show that is featuring a new MCU character that hasn't, if you really think about it, first Disney plus show in the MCU, that's like a new original character that hasn't been featured in a movie yet. Like we had WandaVision. Yeah. We had WandaVision that had those two Mm -hmm. and then um, Captain America or Falcon rather. And Bucky Loki, you go through all the shows, Hawkeye, like this is the first, introduction to an mcu character as a show so that's like a bold move by them that's kind of cool. be, yeah man it can kind of be compared to when um marvel did guardians of the galaxy it's like just kind of going into the unknown yeah yeah with a, with a character who isn't well known by the public 
So I mean, I know very taking, little about him. Yeah, so it's it's like taking a big risk. Um, but yeah, man, I, I was a big fan of this first episode, and we'll get into why. But uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, it's about Moon Knight. So you you don't you you're saying you didn't know much about him? To no, start I from. I still really know little outside of the Egypt aspect of him. Yeah. Um, I've heard of him, but never never read any Moon Knight comics or really dove into or really saw anything that he crossed over in or know where he ties into. I've never de- I never dove too deep into the supernatural side, mm-hmm. especially in the comics. I've never. It's like I said, I've seen Blade, and that's probably about the extent outside of Black Knight and like Heroes for Hire. But I mean, they didn't get very supernatural in Heroes for Hire. Yeah, man. People tend to focus on more of the hero-y, like Avenger type heroes. Mm -hmm. So like these, these, I don't want to call them B-list because they're not, but they're just like lesser known. Like, like you said, Blade and the Supernatural Corner and all those kind of things kind of just people don't, the general public doesn't know them. I love comic books and I didn't know a ton about Moon Knight you know, a while back either. I am, I am currently reading his run that just started. I think they're on issue nine or 10 of his new um, series. And I've been reading that, but uh, yeah, I didn't read a, a bunch of moon Knight books before always did recognize him. Cause he just had, does have an iconic look like the white hood and the white Cape. It's just very cool. It's kind of, I saw someone say he looks like Batman. If he was at like a P Diddy party, just all in white. Um, And he always gets compared to Batman, which is stupid. People are like, he's Marvel's stupid Batman. Uh, But he's definitely not like Batman different. I mean, even just watching this premiere episode, I mean, very, very different. When you talk about reading this new run of Moon Knight, I'm just curious, out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. How, you know how when they do these shows, they obviously drop like a new Marvel tie-in. Like they're like, oh, She-Hulk got announced. So we're going to do She-Hulk 1 because people are interested in it. Do you get embarrassed wanting to buy those? <laughs> because you, you, you I think, think that, that the, the person, comic store, yeah, the right. comic book store is going to be like, they only care about this because it's Disney Plus. Yeah, you don't really like Moon Knight. You just want to read it because he's a show now. Yeah, uh, which is true. But at the same time, it's like, well, this it's just a good starting point for me to jump in and be like, oh, well, you're going to do right. Moon Knight one. Cool. Let me jump in and learn about this character. Yeah, I'm very I'm just curious that. if that was if that if I'm alone in that embarrassment. <laughs> no, but I can understand where you're coming from. I'm very lucky that my comic book store is like a bunch of cool guys and not like gatekeepery comic guys who like judge people for anything. Uh, so so they would never think that way. But yeah, I can understand that thought crossing your mind. But like, that's totally what Marvel is doing, though. I oh, mean, they're, launch, they're launching a new Marvel, a new Moon Knight series because they know the show's coming. And it, it worked because it was hard to find the first moon issue of Moon Knight. Like it sold out. I think I had to get the second printing because they were all gone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. And I, I definitely want to go back and read some older Moon Knight comics, too. I, I know Jeff Lemire did a run for a long time. That people I, I found that out love. today. I found that out today when I was watching some videos to prepare for this our conversation. Yeah. And I saw that they were talking about that and talking about lifting elements of that run or that arc into the show already so i was like okay cool Uh, jeff lemire yep i'm down we had a whole episode previously titled yeah we like jeff lemire so so we we like like jeff Jeff lemire Lemire. so i'm I'm definitely down for for that so that's super cool yeah man but for people who don't know about moon knight he um yeah before we get too deep yeah i mean if you look if you look into him he's He's the alias of Mark Spector. Mark Spector is better known as the vigilante Moon Knight. And he was once a mercenary left for dead in the desert where he was revived by the moon god Konshu. Appointed as Konshu's fist and high priest, Moon Knight enacts justice to protect those who travel at night. Mark also has dissociative identity disorder. Some of his alter egos being millionaire Stephen Grant and cab driver Jake Lockley. So that's kind of the basis of what moon Knight is and we do kind of get some of those ideas here in this episode even though they did i guess they did kind of change up his alter ego of um stephen grant they say he's a millionaire in the comic books like more of a bruce wayney type but he's definitely not that in this uh maybe that's where the batman comparisons come in right it is very possible um yeah, but not yeah from in this, this show stephen not is not show. a millionaire in this show i mean no, he has a one-finned fish yeah. How rich can he be? Yeah. 
right? So they definitely did take some liberties there with Stephen Grant. How did you feel about Stephen Grant? Now, I like Oscar Isaac a lot. I think he's a really good actor. He's been in a bunch of great stuff. Loved him in Dune. He's, you know, in Rogue One, and he just pops up all over the place in great stuff. I thought in this show he was really good. Um, But I don't know how I felt about Stephen. I found him a little annoying. I don't know. Uh, He was real British. (laughs) Real British. I had to turn on the subtitles quick. Yeah. Like, as soon as he started talking, I was like, nope, pause. Find me subtitles because I'm not going to know what he's saying just because I have a problem with accents. Like, I just can't, I can't understand, especially like this was thick slang. We were in London and we dove in deep and. And he's he's not he's that. not a he's not a UK British person, so this is like straight up acting. And I totally am with you that I did lose myself in the accent from time to time. Like I couldn't follow it uh, super closely. It so sounds super good. Me. Like I was yeah. I, I was thinking until you told me, I was like that's why I asked you is that his actual accent because it sounded genuine as hell. So I yeah I was convinced he was a Londoner. But then when you do what he does switch to the Mark character, he's back to a American accent. That just speaks to the talent, I guess, of Oscar Isaac. He can just pull this shit out of his ass and go back and forth to it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think this I think the success of this show is really going to be dependent on how good he does. And just judging from the first episode, I'm really happy with what he kind of brought to the table. 100 percent. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah. He 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 came at it from almost like just a higher level than we're used to seeing. I think, and yeah. just the polish and the way that he did it, and being able to have those two characters be so vastly different. Yeah, yeah. Whenever somebody plays a dual role, it's always kind of iffy if if it's going to be believable or whatever. But just from the little bits we got in here, I really feel like he's going to be able to do a good job with it. So I have nothing but faith in that guy to to really kind of carry that and and do well in this show. Um, 100%. When you threw Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke in the show, I was like, gold, this is money. I'm 100% down with that. It's about about time Marvel hired Ethan Hawke, right? Right? Took him way too (laughs) long. He should have been like three different roles by now. Yeah, he could have. And I always get him confused with Steven Dorf, but then I realize Steven Dorf is just like poor man's Ethan Hawke. Yeah, 100%. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nice to see Ethan Hawke in, in this. I like, I like his character too. And what's most interesting about it is I feel like we still don't know who that character is and what exactly he's going to do. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this, this first episode to me just kind of feels like a, puzzle piece at the beginning of a puzzle that we're going to have to kind of uh, put together as we go along during these six episodes. And that's what I like about the show. It's not so straightforward. It seems like, okay, it's the beginning of a a ride. You know what I mean? Um, And I kind of haven't felt that way about a Disney plus show since WandaVision. Um, Maybe Loki a little bit, but just like not so straightforward and in your yeah. face and like, here's everything laid out for you. It's kind of like, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to figure this out as we go. And that's yeah. kind of an exciting thing to me. I don't know how you feel about no, that. No, hundred percent. Yeah. It was interesting. And I, this one was fun for me because I didn't know, like I said, don't know much about the character. So being mm-hmm. able to not really know where they're going or what they're going to do was exciting. And then, yeah, just being in a, in a foreign land and, learning about the Egyptian history and some of that stuff yeah. was kind of cool to see where they're going. But yeah, I have no idea what Ethan Hawke's uh, Arthur Harrow is about. Um, yeah. I mean, they, he opened the show sticking glass in his shoes and walking around like, I got this. Yeah. That was a crazy Oof. first scene. Yeah. That was Which a crazy apparently, first scene. Like Ethan Hawke did that. Like he, that was his like idea. That was, and, that was his idea. Yeah. Yeah. To do that, to show how like, uh, committed he is to this egyptian cult that he's kind of the leader of i also i'm with you totally on that i also really like that clearly this has to be an origin show because we've never met this character before in a movie or any other show so it's an origin show but i like that it's an origin without the origin if that makes sense yeah it's not us it's not a show about mark specter a man gaining his powers and we 
you know, he becomes Moon Knight at the end of the series or something. Yeah. You know, we had Iron Man and that's how Tony Stark becomes Iron Man. We had Captain America and that's how, you know, Steve becomes Captain America. And that's the movie. Yeah. This is like a mysterious way of being like, oh, he's already Moon Knight. And he doesn't like the character we're meeting. Steven doesn't even know he's Moon Knight, but he, Moon Knight exists. You know what I mean? He's already doing stuff and running he's around. Already, and getting he's in already doing stuff. Yeah. Like it's our introduction to Moon Knight, but Moon Knight's already a thing that has been happening and does happen. Well, um, and I imagine that that's probably why they made changes to the character of Steven. Mm-hmm. Because now you can have this character who doesn't know about Moon Knight learning about Moon Knight while Moon Knight already exists. So we can ride along with Steven. Yeah. And then learn at the same time, but we don't have to watch an origin story of how he became Moon Knight. Granted, we still may get an episode that is that, but. Yeah. We're basically viewing this world from Steven's eyes and learning as he learns, you know yeah. what I mean? So far. Yeah. So it was super that's cool. Actually, that's actually really cool. Yeah. So as a quick, just kind of summary, the show, because Don gave you a, a, a breakdown of the comic and just the history of the character. So the show is summarized as um, a former U.S. Marine struggling with dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities is granted the powers of an Egyptian moon god. But he soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse to his troubled life. So mm -hmm. that was pretty much what we saw. I mean, the show pretty much kicked off with Steven seeing his uh, basically seeing his life and him chained to the bed, him talking to his mom, leaving voicemails for his mom on the phone and going to his work as the museum working in the gift shop kind of being everyone talking down to him then some weird things where the girl at the hotel or at the museum comes up to him and is like hey we're still good for a friday night and he's like what's friday night so then you're like oh what's going on he doesn't really know see so little hints that there's more going on that he doesn't realize but he's just running with it and him trying to figure out how to handle his disassociative identity disorder and then when he goes to sleep he wakes up and he's in germany and he's being chased by a cult and action and brutality ensue and uh this like i said was a fun ride man i enjoyed i enjoyed the action that we got the comedy that was there still had the mcu uh comedy mm -hmm. i thought yeah. i thought it still had a nice balance of that um and i know they said it's the darkest show darkest thing the mcu's done so far so i'm excited to see where they go yeah for sure and and <laughs> we've we've talked about before we kind of suspected that this show might be the closest thing we would get at least so far or the first attempt at the MCU to kind of reach into that Netflix MC Netflix Marvel world feel. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like we kind of got that in ways, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I kind of feel like we got that Disney censorship to it because I just say that because think about, think about the show you just watched mm -hmm. the, the most brutal parts of the show were kind of told to us in a way of oh he blacked out yep and all of a sudden when he wakes yeah, you up, wake up and there's there's brutality. blood there's yeah. bloody there's bloody bodies all over the ground yeah so i can totally understand them doing that and that's kind of like a storytelling tool for them to kind of express to us as viewers like hey he he's he's snapping in and out of these personalities and you know his other his other personality, Mark, is the one who's who's beating people. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, is that a cop out to not actually showing us the the action that we kind of thought we were going to get? So I don't really know where to stand on that yet. I don't know if that's just kind of a way to ease us into it. And there's going to be more in these remaining five episodes, um, because another positive thing about this is the trailer for this show basically was all pulled from this first episode. Right. Which, which is exciting because that means for these next five, we're mostly going to get stuff. We don't, we have no idea what we're going to see nope. in these last five. So that's exciting. But uh, it definitely does feel like the closest Disney can get to that Netflix style, which is exciting. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I thought it, I thought it worked really well. I thought it, because even the blackout thing was kind of funny and how they used it. Plus it still symbolized this idea of that somebody was taking over for him, that crazy shit was happening. Or when he was getting close to like, Hey, I'm about to die. His body, like Mark would take over and like jump to that next level and superhero that shit and save, save his life basically. And yeah. it was just kind of a, a cool way that they did it. It kind of made it fun. And especially when doing the whole cupcake car chase up the mountain. 
Yeah. And they're playing, you know, George Michael in the background or wham, wake me up. And they're doing all of that. And then you have uh, him blacking out while he's driving a, a thing on a mountain road like that. Scary as hell. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And no, I'm, I'm definitely with you. It, it made it different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the creative choices they did in the show is what kind of sets it apart from the other shows that we've had. Um, and just kind of playing with that idea of his dissociative identity disorder is, is fun and something that like, you know, it's just not a straightforward Falcon winter soldier show. That was just like a movie just split into six episodes. This just feels different. I don't know. Something about the feel of it is definitely different. Um, what did you think of the God cone shoe? Did he scare you? Like he scared me (laughs) (laughs) chasing him down that hall. That was, that was, that was like actually a freaky scene. I was like, Oh shit, here comes this giant motherfucker. (laughs) to get him. (laughs) It was no, I like that. I like that a lot. I think, and you know, cone shoe in the comics looks exactly like that. So kudos for them to them for like getting the look exactly right and shout out to f murray abraham them getting him to voice love it Konchu was hilarious only thing i know that guy from is like amadeus and last action hero but he's he's got a fun voice you need to watch mythic quest man no he's on that yeah you need to watch mythic quest you have apple now yeah stop watching paramount plus i'll put it on the list you gotta watch mythic quest it's it's quality it's quality yeah, you liked you liked Kanchu though. That was oh yeah, fun. it looked looked super cool. And yeah, I enjoyed when he talking the F. Murray Abraham of it, the way that he looked. I loved that they played with the creepiness, even when he was seeing when Mark came back, woke up and thought everything was the dream. And then he was mm-hmm. going around his life, and then he saw uh Harrow. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Arthur Harrow. Harrow. He saw Arthur Harrow and he's like, Oh my god, you're real. And then like he kept seeing flashes, and you'd have the 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 Konchu like on the side of the road and just all oh, yeah that was great. super cool and then yeah of course chasing him down the hall scaring him that was a messed up scene that would have been scary as hell yeah man like the the use of horror like we don't get that in the mcu or haven't yet but like horror aspects are a first for them and it was really well done here yeah, uh, re- really well written and great and like all the scenes with the mirrors where he's seeing himself Oh, like his, yeah. ref- he's moving, but his reflection still looking at him, just like some tripped out shit, dude. That was like, yes, I am so ready for the supernatural corner. There was the so much. There was so much symbolism. So many like multiple mirrors, two, three mirrors, reflections. I mean, there's so much you could dive into on what yeah. they were doing, and then tying in all the Egyptian history and uh, history and myths and just everything about it was just super cool. I agree with you. It was, it was just, all that stuff was great. And then speaking of the mirrors and everything, we can't not talk about the scene where he finally gets the suit at the end. Uh, already to me, one of the best scenes in the MCU I've ever seen with him in the mirrors. And it's like Mark talking to Steven saying, no, let me take over. I can save our life. And that's their, their interaction with each other. And then just all of a sudden, you know, Steven just is like, yes. And the, the, the suit just, you kind of see it coming up over him. And all of a sudden that Egyptian dog. demon dog is just getting his ass beat. Trying to run uh, away. All of a sudden, you know, we left it and really wanted to get in that room. And then the camera cuts to outside and you see that dog trying to get out. Like, no, nope, right? I don't want to be in there anymore. That's like uh, that one movie. I can't think of it right now where the guy's like, now you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what movie is that? A Bronx Tale. I think that's from a Bronx Tale. Now you can't leave. They should have had him say that. That would have been great. Right. But uh, yeah, dude, that was great. And we finally see Moon Knight beating, brutally beating who we thought was a man in the trailers. It turns out uh-huh. to just be a demon dog, which is funny. Uh, but yeah, man, I love the suit. I think it looks fantastic. Oh, so cool. Like, it's ripped straight from the comics. I mean, we've all seen it now in the trailers and everything, but finally seeing it. Uh, that's one thing you can say Marvel always does really well is like comic accurate looks of their characters. And this is no exception. Just looks yeah, freaking fantastic. They always make the right changes. Yeah. You know, to adapt it to real life, but then still right. have it just look cool. Because in the comics, if you look at Moon Knight, it's like a solid white 
He's just wearing like a white suit and the white mask. But in this, it's all white, clearly, of course, but he's like all bandaged up. Yeah. Kind of like a mummy. Yep. And just that added little extra detail is so freaking cool. And like you like we talked about before, you can see the stitching on the face and everything. It's just yep. you know, tip tip your cap to them for that one. 100 percent Wardrobe department. Yeah. Tip. They uh and then we also look like we got some more characters coming. I mean, there's a lot still to come because obviously we still got to figure out what Harrow wants. I mean, obviously it wants to bring the what Anubis. Or am I thinking the mummy? Oh, a meat, a meat. I think yeah. I wrote down. It's like the name of yeah. that Egyptian goddess or god that he, him, and his cult kind of worship that he was using to like kill people. Like basically, the scales decide if your sins outweigh the goodness in your life. And yeah, he's there's there's a lot of mystery wrapped up in him, and we still don't even technically know if he is who they're saying he is. Like. That if you look it up, you can Google it, get on your Google machine. But Arthur Harrow is a minor character in Marvel Comics, but never anything like a huge villain for anybody. Like he's not attached to Moon Knight specifically in the comics. So people kind of thought it was a weird choice. Like, okay, that's who Ethan Hawke is playing kind of weird. I still think we might get some kind of twists and surprises with Ethan Hawke um, as to who he actually is on this show. Like, could this finally be Mephisto? We've been talking for years and years. Like Mephisto is basically Marvel's version of Satan. You know what I mean? Or the devil. Like everyone said, Mephisto's in WandaVision. Mephisto's in Loki. And we never got him. Like, is this finally him? You know, I don't think you just get Ethan Hawke to play a minor character. You know what I mean? Um, Man, that'd, that'd be pretty cool. I could, see it. Some, I could see some people it. Spec, some people speculate like is he dracula there's a dracula in the mcu and then you can also use him to go up against blade uh Ethan Hawk is the guy you can, yeah the, 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 the demon the the devil yeah this would fit in with the story being it would fit it's all about world, gods yeah. and right demons if you finally and if you finally wanted to use mephisto this is the place where you do it and i don't want people making fun of us at when the show ends be like you guys thought it was mephisto but no it's legit this time it really could be this time um it could yeah and i mean you're gonna cast someone to be mephisto ethan hawk right why not i mean why not i could be i could be down for that i'd be interesting so yeah a lot a lot coming from uh where we're going and like i said he obviously found mark's phone so he was learning about um some new characters what's her name lenore oh i think it was layla maybe layla, layla. lenore shout out to mark for actually having a motorola razor that's a nice throwback right no, GPS. <laughs> no one's tracking him all right <clears throat> so i mean obviously we have some other characters come in we have more mystery to be solved. Like I'm super, super, super excited to see where this show goes. Cause I literally have no idea. Like I watched that episode and I was like, that was fun. And yeah. I was just like, give me more. I wish we got two. If we got, would have got two on Wednesday, that would have been sweet. Totally, man. And my, my, my main concern, not even my main concern, but one of my concerns is, is six episodes going to be enough for this show? Cause we had our episode on Hawkeye and we talked about it in length there, but like, we kind of felt like that show, once it got to its sixth episode, like, well, there's so many questions left to answer and they only have one. And then that sixth episode felt super rushed. Yeah. Like it, it didn't feel cramped. like there was enough. Right. It, it, it was cramped and you had to, you had to um, rectify every single storyline and just this episode, every storyline you presented in one final episode is like, well, maybe if they would have had eight, and we're able to flesh it out a little bit more. I just hope we don't run into that here. Um, so that's my only worry, but I'm, I'm going to be along for the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can't can't know until we know what they're doing. And I'm hopeful that that's not going to be the case with this one because I felt like a lot happened in this episode. And yeah. I think that they just really have, they're not going to have multiple characters. You know, like this is Moon Knight show. Like Hawkeye, you had so many other things going on. You're trying to introduce Kate Bishop. You're trying to do Hawkeye stuff. You're trying to tie up Black Widow's story. You're trying to get revenge. You know, they had so many moving pieces in that show that they were trying to do. They just tried to do too much. I mean, I think ultimately it, it did kind of work, but um, they could have done it differently or given a little bit more to really make a little bit more satisfying. And I think with this one, it's like their, their story is going to be 
uh, Moon Knight. Keep wanting to say Hollow Knight. I have that game stuck in my head. I've been doing it all day. (laughs) But Moon Knight, it's like, this is the story. We're learning about Mark and we're, you know, Steven's going to learn about what's going on with him. And he's going to meet some people who could tell him and help him. Mark's going to tell him and help him. And we got to figure out what Haro's up to and what that bigger thing is. So I don't imagine them really having room for side stories. So I think it's going to be, I mean, I feel like based off this episode that it's going to be pretty straight six episode burn and yeah that's that's the hope that's definitely the hope um because of the first episode's any indication this is going to be a good show my question to you overall where do you rank this as a first episode like was it maybe your the top of your list of favorite first episodes for the mcu can you think of a first episode from the mcu like better no or yeah me either man for me this is Probably the best first episode. Yes, I'll say for any of these series so far, and, and that's I think it's thing a lot. And yeah, and I think it it helps because, like you said, this is his introduction. So I'm not basing this on anything. I have no expectations. I also have no like questions I want answered. Like we're going into Loki. I'm like, okay, what are we gonna do? And I have these mm-hmm. ideas already, and I have these thoughts, and I want. So then it's like when it ends, I'm like, that was cool, but I wanted more. I wanted this. I wanted you know like yeah those characters are already so established that then when they jump into the show you don't want to watch them reestablish these characters again like they kind of have to it's true because they're reestablishing them for audiences who might not know who they are on top of just now we're putting them in a different setting a different like storytelling device so we're going from movies to tv so it's more of a long-form storytelling so we're gonna have to change that and it's just different where this is like moon Knight, we don't know him any other way so this just worked and i think it just kind of made for more fun where i think all these other shows had to almost slow down too much to get started yeah and they they had to try to live up to what they'd already established like you said this this show is just more of a blank slate a way to start fresh and present some new ideas and that's kind of what made it more fun i I guess is what we're trying to say so yeah i'm with you yeah top for me yeah, 100%. best first episode yeah and it gets me excited for what's to come this year because we have a lot of first time characters coming mm-hmm. you know we got she hulk we got miss marvel i mean already announced yeah. that we know those are the next two that we're getting and they they were never been seen before now she hulk obviously is going to have ruffalo and uh sure. abomination and you know going to have a little bit more tied to things that we've seen before but still like and miss marvel has that captain marvel tie-in but still like yeah, yeah, they're they're fresh characters to us. But so that's yeah. but so we don't know how they're gonna be. Yeah. We don't know how they're gonna work. We don't know their vibe yet. So it's right. it's I, the potential is there, but so far, yeah, I'm obviously excited. Like the MCU on Disney Plus is killing it. Yeah, and they're they're almost, and I don't know if it's just because we get more faster and easier or whatever it is, but they almost are like killing my buzz for the movies. Yeah. Like, I don't know, the movies come around and I'm just like, I gotta go find, I gotta go see this movie. And I just, I don't know. I, I find I gotta myself get up and go to more, the theater. I find more and more just like, I mean, obviously when Doctor Strange 2 gets here, I'm going to be pumped up and it'll be what it'll be. Right. But like right now I'm sitting here like, I don't want to go see Doctor Strange 2. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like I it's too it. much effort here. I'm just watching these and these, I'm just enjoying these more than I really am the movies in some way. Yeah, it's it's a combination of things, just like the convenience of home, knowing that you have six episodes, you don't have to pay any money for a ticket, you don't got to put on pants, you don't gotta, you don't got to get in the car, you don't got to sit around people. Uh, so I totally understand. Uh, yeah, the man, the MCU on Disney Plus has you said it exactly right. They've been killing it, man. It's it was an experiment at the beginning that people didn't know how it was gonna go. But I'm totally here for it. And Moon Knight is no exception. Yeah, totally ready for that. We will definitely be back talking about Moon Knight. We'll figure out where we're going to work it into our schedule. But we are going to be with this one. And like every other MCU show, we will be talking about it again and maybe twice if we need to. Because six episodes, we'll have to see how we want to split it up. But we will be back talking about Moon Knight. Let us know what you thought about Moon Knight. Hit us up over on Twitter at RaisedGeek. Or shoot us an email at raisedgeek at gmail.com. We want to know, is it your favorite? 
Disney Plus show so far, or are we way off? Let us know. So reach out, join the conversation. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. We want to thank you all for hanging with us for 50 episodes, plus some special conversations. It's been fun, as we said, for our year. We got a lot of stuff planned that we're working on right now to really branch out this next year. So tell your friends, tell everybody to check out the show, like, subscribe, follow, hit us up with those five-star reviews. It helps us out a lot so we appreciate everything that you guys do but even if you don't do any of that just make sure you keep listening and uh sharing the love that way but i think that's going to do it for us this week so for raise the geek i'm chris and i'm done and thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak <laughs>